We are here because we are dedicated to helping members of our community build lean, strong bodies and confident, resilient minds. Determined to elevate the lives of working professionals, stay-at-home parents, and anyone who is ready to level up their life. Our invigorating group fitness classes, practical nutrition programs, and authentic coaches help ignite your life. Find a place that believes in you. Find a place that challenges you. Find CrossFit South. All right, guys, welcome to the Southpaw Spotlight, episode three. I'm the host, Nick Bach, and I'm here with Reem, a longtime member of our gym uh, who just recently completed uh, the Nutrition Challenge, and she has some great insight. Uh, she's been on a, a very, I don't want to say wild uh, fitness journey, but she's had a lot of experience with uh, uh, different facets coming back from injury, experimenting with different modifications, continuing to make progress um, all, all along the way. So Reem, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about how you uh, just start at the beginning about how you got into CrossFit and kind of what prompted you to take that jump and check it out. Okay. Um, you know, I always, I would say since my mid-20s have been into working out and that continued all the way up until uh, the day that my water broke. I had just gotten off the phone with a trainer setting up an appointment for that day, like 15 minutes before. And then my water broke at school and it's like, okay, I guess not. And even like after I had my son, I was in a wedding. So there was motivation to continue working out right away after, not right away. I had to, you know, wait my time, but to get back in shape, to be in this wedding. And when there, when my son was little, it was easy because he just came with in the carrier and slept. And then, uh, but once he was older and he wasn't going to bed at 630 around a year old, I just kind of fell off and kind of lost my way with fitness for a while. And around that same time, I was having a lot of anxiety where like my eyes were twitching and I was having a lot of heart palpitation stuff. And so I uh, talked to my doctor and I said, I, I just need you to confirm that this is anxiety and I'm not having a heart attack because this is out of control. And it, it just was, yeah, it was a lot to deal with. And I, I, I didn't want to do medication. I know that there's a place for medication and all of that stuff. But for me, I just was like, I just need to know that this isn't a heart issue. And then like, give me some ideas. And she said, one of the things you can do is exercise and start talking about exercise around your phone. Then those things kind of start popping up. And so I kept getting these advertisements for a boot camp about at CrossFit. And I was like, ah, eh, CrossFit, that's scary. They do all kinds of crazy things. But a boot camp, I had done many, many boot camps. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. It's a six week commitment. I don't have to sign on, you know, and then I had the competitive uh, component. I mean, not that I was in a place to compete, but it kept you motivated. It was three times a week. And so I and went and I like did you, it. Like you competing against yourself. Yeah, I would extent. say, yeah, I, <clears throat> I definitely have a competitive nature. And so I signed on and I ended up winning the $200, but I was right. too chicken to sign on to CrossFit <sighs> because it was like, I don't know that it financially I can do that. You know, even though prior to that, I was paying $25 a session for small group training yeah. sessions, Yeah. but I could use that $200 for the next boot camp session. Yeah. So I just turned it around and did that. And then it was like, the people who are in the first boot camp section were talking about how great it was to do the CrossFit. And then the second group, we all kind of started talking like Anita and Michelle uh, Dobbs. 
were a part of that group. And so it was like, well, are you going to do it? I don't know. I'll do it if you do it. And so then it turned into it. And I actually, I ended up loving it right away because it was, I mean, it was so different and like, I've always had strength, but it, it definitely was a humbling experience. And there was always a challenge and you could see no matter what your level was, that there was always a way to push yourself more or to modify. And that was really big for me, especially in the beginning when I thought I was strong, but there was a lot that I couldn't do. And so it just gave me all these little mini goals to set for myself. And so then from then that was, I don't know, like early on in 2017. So then it's just been humble from there. Story. And there's a, a couple themes that I think are important in there. And one is that it, it wasn't a knowledge issue. Like you'd been working out for a long time, right? It, it, you kind of fell out of the habit and there were a lot of big life changes with, you know, the birth of your son and it just kind of slowly faded off, but it wasn't that you didn't know how to exercise. It was more that you were looking for that accountability and structure in your life and kind of somewhere to offload all that, all the stuff rattling around in your brain. And you didn't want to have to think about it. You wanted someone to kind of tell you what to do and when. And I think that's an important component that we don't always realize uh, can help quite a bit when we're trying to begin a fitness program. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other piece that surprised me actually, and it started with the boot camps, is that I, I mean, I had gone to boot camp classes and group fitness classes, and I can tell you that I went to the same boot camp class for four years and had the same instructor, and I guarantee she didn't know my name, and mm-hmm. I didn't care. I, I didn't think that I needed that component. I met my one girlfriend there, and we chit-chatted, but even though it was the same group, we didn't know, and with the boot camps, you really kind of got connected and close to people, and then that just continued on. And so where I used to be the person who walked in and walked out, now it's like I find myself chit-chatting afterwards. And uh, that community piece that I never knew that I needed became such a big thing. And I think that that has continued. And I know I watched Paul's episode, and I don't remember if it was you or if it was Paul that said, like, the 5 a.m. crew is a pretty tight-knit group. Mm -hmm. And, And it is. And a lot of us have been working out together for the last four years and it's morphed into okay now we got a book club and there's a pickle Mm -hmm. they play pickleball on Wednesdays and it's morphed into things outside of the gym and before it was like oh and it's really cool like seeing you know you have this really tight knit group of you know core people there but then we also see these other people kind of intertwine and almost braid into it Mm -hmm. as they join on I I know Andrew is going to be on the podcast soon and Patrick and you know people kind of come in and, and just get adopted and it's like the, the wave that just keeps picking up and, and building and it's really neat to see that yeah. what um and I, I know that I mentioned this before too but I think like having Donna and Jim as a part of like the 5 a.m crew yeah like they were the people who welcomed me and that was back when we were working out in the evenings at 6 30 at night and I never in a million years that I'd be a morning person but Sarah yeah. talked me into it I think yeah I think that they are so much a part of that and then you also have Holly, who's just kind of a social butterfly person yeah. who then kind of helps like connect everything else. And it's just yep. such a welcoming group, whether you're brand new or you've been together with the group for a while. Well, I think just like in one of the things that I love about CrossFit is that there's there's something that you're good at and something that you struggle with. And I should say I or we generally, right? Like we all have our strengths and weaknesses or areas that we tend towards and not. And I think the same thing happens in, in group dynamics where you have 
people that are strong in one area. Donna is so caring and, and giving. Jim has such a, a welcoming and friendly personality, uh, at least once you break through the, the, yeah. the you know, first few words. Um, Jim's sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, Holly making connections and, and everyone has a little component to add and then it just kind of bolsters, uh, just bolsters the energy of that. And each individual coming in is able to kind of contribute something a little bit new and it's, it's neat to see how that fits together and those dynamics at play. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear your take on this because I read more exercise science or, or academic sense about the differences between some boot camps and, and CrossFit, but coming from someone who's been through multiple iterations of boot camps and now is actively doing CrossFit, what are some differences that you notice or similarities, you know, um, more or less intimidating? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the key things is boot camps is a lot of body weight exercises. Uh -huh. And I think one of the biggest differences for me, at least, is that boot camp is okay, everybody's going to do 50 step ups and everybody's going to do this many killers or mm -hmm. whatever. But it was just like, oh, you just keep going for the 45, 50 minutes. And what I found is that when I'm competing against myself, like, this is an AMRAP in 15 minutes. How much can you do that? I found myself pushing myself harder because if I kind of putzed around enough in a boot camp, they were already moving on to the next exercise. And it's all right, I'm 14 short. Who cares? We're moving on. Going and so while boot camps were an excellent workout for me, I found that I, I didn't push myself the way I, I do with CrossFit because I am competing against myself. And especially with tracking your workouts and things, you can compare yourself to where you were before. And I think that's huge because I look at where I started and where I am now and the things I can do today that I, you know, couldn't do before. And I, you know, I'll never get this. I'll never get this. And, and now I can, and it's, I tend to be pretty hard on myself about a lot of things, especially when they're cardio-based workouts. I've noticed that. And, or there's double unders in there. But I can look back at where I started and I couldn't yeah. do any double unders and cardio. Oh my gosh, forget it. I was a wreck. So well, while I, I, I think the, uh, the, just a, a little behind the scenes, I guess, on boot camps, right? And it can be, I, I think, as you said, like boot camps are fantastic for some people and yoga is fantastic for people. And I think anybody can do CrossFit, but not everybody should do CrossFit, right? And it, it's, it attracts a certain demographic. And part of the, what we try to do is identify who that is and who we are, the niche that we serve. And one of the things that I think would be challenging about having a boot camp at the same time as CrossFit is that then your your brand image almost becomes kind of bipolar and you're, you know, to the boot camp, you're saying like, hey, these these movements that the snatch and clean and jerk are are you know intimidating or dangerous. And then in CrossFit, you're saying these snatch and clean and jerk we can teach you and they're really beneficial for you know overall health and fitness. And so you you start going in these two different directions, but having that low barrier to entry uh, can certainly be you know beneficial for for some people and help you kind of get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. But having, you know, being able to kind of, as you know, we're not a big fan of scoring every single workout, but being able to do that periodically and it, your focus then becomes on going faster or lifting a little bit more or understanding the complexities of something, getting your first double under or toe to bar or whatever, stringing right. two together. And it, it takes it off of the like, 
what's my weight? What's a scale saying every day, right? And, and when you look back and you look at your health metrics, the blood pressure, uh, the VO2 max, your resting heart rate, uh, how you're sleeping, like those all trend in the right direction, but you don't have to obsessively focus over it. Right. And I think that's a big thing that I notice. even, I mean, as you know, we, a bunch of us started at a different CrossFit gym that closed. And then we started with you guys over there. And I think that's a big learning curve and whether it was because I had the injury or I think a lot of it is just the way you guys operate as before it, it was just kind of like, even though I knew I was competing against myself, like when we would schedule it and you see how everybody else did, I was like, oh, and so then I, I really got worked up on the scores and the numbers and things like that. And it kind of took over. And I think whether it's the back injury or the fact that you guys are like, Hey, you guys are where you're at and you're not afraid to say you need to go down in weight or you need to go up in weight and, and making those adjustments, whether you're somebody who just started or somebody who's a veteran that's been there forever. I think that that has been huge for my mindset Mm. in terms of being more aware of, okay, am I doing this correctly? Because even earlier when you brought up you know, having a background in exercise, I think that that can be an advantage, but sometimes it can be a disadvantage Mm -hmm. because if you've been doing the movements wrong for years, it's really hard to break those habits. And I know that I had some bad habits that definitely need to be broken versus somebody who's new and you're learning those things for the first time. And I think that's one of the things that I really like when you have experience, you have to unlearn and then relearn. Yes. And you have to also get in the, in the, you know, white belt mentality of, I'm going to go back to, cause you feel this ownership of the movement and then you have to say, okay, I don't have that ownership. And then I have to redevelop it. Right. And I think right. that's kudos to you. I, I think that it's a process we understand of, you know, needing to focus on ourselves or, or whatever. We, we understand that on, on a knowledge level, but the, the practical application of it is very tough and yeah. it's advice you'd give to your friend and I give to people and it's still something that I struggle with, right? And that's human nature. And I think we need to begin by acknowledging that that's human nature. And then that allows us to look at ways that we can try to start to change that and get, get underneath it and get around it. But I also think a big part of that is with you and with Addison and everything is you guys have made it okay from the beginning and like called people out on it to go lighter, that it doesn't always have to be RX and that not every day you have to go your hardest. And I, I, yeah. I think that I almost kind of needed that permission because I know yeah. prior to that, it was always like, well, I gotta, if I can do it, I gotta do it. And it RX yeah. and it, and I think that that probably contributed to a lot of bad habits too. So I think that that says a lot about you guys and the way that you coach and the corrections that you make and all of those things, because that's definitely stuff that I needed to hear. Well, thank you very much, Reem. And we, we appreciate that a lot. Um, it, and it's great having a supportive community. I, I, we've talked about this, uh, I guess, more in, internally quite a bit, but I look at CrossFit. CrossFit came on the fitness scene and, and revolutionized fitness in many ways. Like we've seen this whole growth of the micro gym industry and smaller group fitness and functional movements are all over the place now and constant variants and all that stuff similar to like when the iPhone was introduced, right? It changed. Now we have this singular device that contains our life essentially, right? But we're now at the iPhone 12. And I think that CrossFit needs to, and in some ways has evolved, but we have to be consciously aware of that. And in the beginning, it was always, 
harder, faster, heavier is the way to go. And that intensity does produce results, but we've realized that that's not sustainable and it, it does lead to injury. It leads to poor habits being built. There's a time and place for intensity, but that, that needs to be doled um, it, it, in the, the appropriate doses, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where it helps to have, I, I believe, a, a coaching staff who you get to see multiple coaches. So you get different eyes on you you know, different ways of saying things, but you also have some consistency where you people who get to know you, what you're going through, what you're dealing with, what you're, you know, how you've been performing for the past week or month or three months, right? And all of that can go into, you know, what we're going to suggest for that person on that day. But that's, I think, just part of the evolution of the, the, the methodology that we're seeing. And one of the ways that we try to stay, stay on top of that at, at Southpaw. Yeah, it, and I think that it's evident, absolutely. I look at like my length of time there, my length of time before, and I would say I feel like all of the coaching, even Angela, who I very rarely go to like an 1130, is able to like make corrections and things that, and I'm not trying to knock anyone, it's just different philosophies, but I feel like I've had more corrections and even like with having to modify way more. I mean, I've been injured I've been battling an injury since I started there, but I look at the gains that I've made, even though I've been modifying a lot. And I look at what I used to be able to throw up, but how much in terms of weight and like the gains that I've made despite making modifications. And there are some things, yes, that I'm still lighter on because I have to be aware of it. But I just knowing that I'm aware of my body <laughs> and how it feels on a given day is progress for me because. I guarantee my injury wouldn't have been as bad as it was if I would have listened to myself the first yeah. year when I mm -hmm. hurt myself. And sometimes we just need that permission. We need to hear it from someone else, right? It's not an, it's not an information thing. You, you know, deep down probably what would be best, but it's, it's having that encouragement or, or permission, as you say, to yeah. give allow yourself to do that. And that can and be I tough. I would drive to the gym every day saying, okay, I know that we're doing this exercise and I'm not going to go above uh -huh. this weight. And then I'd walk through that door and I really had a hard time checking my ego. Cause it's like, well, I know what I used to be able yeah. to do. And so it, it, it was, I am unfortunately a person who needs that permission from someone else because yeah. I don't give it to myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, um, I think that these things that are challenging aspects of our personality, you know, being a perfectionist or being competitive, uh, they're a double-edged sword, right? But if we learn to harness them correctly, they can become our superpower, right? But it's, it's really learning how to frame them. And it's not a, we don't want to mute them. And we also don't want to let them go un, uh, unchecked. And I, the way that I look at it now, I had a mentor of mine give me this analogy and something else, but I think it, it fits. It's, it's a dance, right? And sometimes it's going to lead and sometimes you're going to lead and you need to figure out what that rhythm is and what it has to be on that day. And that's okay that it's not a specifically a specific formula for what percentage you need to be competitive and, and not, right? It, you just need to fi figure out how it works best for you and how you can harness it to help yourself level up. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned is just the days where it's a win just for showing up and moving and knowing that I need to go a little bit slower and the days where I am okay to go hard. Yeah. Reem, that's, uh, this brings up, well, kind of tangentially, <laughs> I'm kind of tying it in. Um, but <laughs> having been in the CrossFit area for, for a while, I know you've 
you have some very good nutrition habits already and you've done some nutrition stuff before, but we did a nutrition challenge recently. And I just wanted to um, hear from you a little bit about what your experience with that was, because I think fitness is such a critical foundation, but you know, once we can kind of develop that habit, we can look at other things and th there's a, a whole you know, area of them, but one of the biggest ones, like 80% of it. Yeah. You know, that's such a huge, huge portion of it. And what was your experience during the nutrition challenge? You know, I'm glad that I did it. I went back and forth on whether or not I should do it because I've always felt like I know what's healthy and it's just a matter of me needing to do it. Mm -hmm. And I have never been one to get into like fad kind of things and I'm not knocking anybody who does but for me I always wanted something that's long term mm -hmm. so I know keto is not my thing because I would wake up in the middle of the night and be sitting in front of the fridge with a loaf of bread and shoving it in my face or something like that and it's not yeah. sustainable yeah it's not sustainable for me and so yeah. I think the thing that was the best for me with the nutrition challenge was just like being balanced and knowing that it's something that is sustainable like I didn't ever feel like I was hungry and I was able to eat carbs and that was fine too. And you just, just messing around with the numbers and everything you learn, okay, you can eat whatever you want. You have permission to eat whatever you want, but when you eat healthy, it's going to go a lot farther. Mm -hmm. And the other big takeaway for me is even when I was eating what I thought was healthy and it, I mean, it, it was, but, or like restricting calories to try to lose weight. I was still very light on protein. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was like the biggest takeaway for me. It was like, wow, I thought I was eating a lot of protein, but now that I'm tracking it, I really am not. That was something that I really had to be mindful of every day is targeting that piece. And I think the other big thing for the challenge was just having, again, a community of people that we were sharing ideas with and recipes or just encouragement. And I, I mean, quite honestly, when you're starting out on something like that, accountability mm -hmm. of someone else is also really helpful. Just as you're trying to develop those habits and it becomes more, you know, something that you can do on your own, because if I'm being completely honest, I was in a really, really strong, like, sweets kind of yeah. part of my life yeah like a treat after lunch and a treat after dinner and yeah. a treat in between and so Those I needed that accountability piece. yeah I needed that accountability piece to like wean myself off of some of those treats yeah so that you could see the outcome so I, I those were the biggest takeaways for me and then also one of the things that you said because we always had to reflect and when it comes to teaching, I reflect on my practice all the time and have kids mm -hmm. evaluate me, but it's different when it comes to like reflecting on just myself as who I mm -hmm. am and my eating habits. And so being forced to do that. And then your feedback oftentimes was like that I was pretty hard on myself and that it's okay. I think like the thing that hit me the most was like, you don't have to be perfect all the time. You're just trying to have uh, you know, more good, not good days versus bad days, but, you know, more days where you're coming out with more nutritious foods and things like that. And, and giving yourself permission to have those days where maybe you don't hit your targets, but that's okay too, because that's life, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're so restrictive all the time and you're not giving yourself permission for those, like, okay, I just had an off day and tomorrow I need to start over. It's not going to be sustainable, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a... that those were my big takeaways from the nutrition challenge. 
Yeah, there's so much uh, good stuff in there, Reem. Thank you for, that was a, a great, a great synopsis. Um, and I, I think the big theme kind of tying this together with what we were talking about in CrossFit is that, you know, you can go, like, you could come into the gym every single day for one or two months and go work out for three hours, right? But you're going to be really burnt out afterwards. And as soon as you miss a day or you don't work out for three hours or whatever, you're going to feel like you just wasted all of that time, you know, because the message that you've been giving your body is that you need to do it this way to see the results. And uh, it's going to leave you with adrenal fatigue. Your central nervous system is going to be crushed. You're going to feel bad. Probably at that point, you're going to be feeling very bad about yourself just because of all the stress your body is under. And you're going to totally fall off the wagon versus if we can get, you know, four to five, good days a week, you know, two of them at higher intensities, a few of them at, at some more, more moderate, uh, you know, moderate intensity, moderate weights, you can build a really sustainable habit that you're then able to enjoy, you know, the days that you have off and come back feeling recharged and fresh. And I think in the long run, which is where a lot of these, of the fitness industry is getting so noisy with fad diets and exercise program. I mean, everyone is trying to get into it. And what I think is misleading is that a lot of these can produce results in the short run, but what we miss is that you then yo-yo right back up to where you were, if not worse, because you now have hormonal damage and whatnot, and you have to redo the whole process over again. And you're just constantly in the cycle of miserable, and then you think you're feeling better, and then you're miserable again, versus just giving yourself some, some grace building some positive habits. It's tough in the nutrition challenge to have uh, individual check-ins with people. So we developed a system that wasn't perfect, but we were able to you know, get some one-on-one time, but having that accountability of being able to check in. And then I think the idea of, of willpower itself is fascinating to unpack and we don't have to dig deep into that, but only to say that when you do have a group that you're going through it with, or you have a coach that you're working with, knowing that it's normal to struggle or it's normal not to understand something perfectly or it's normal to be over uh, 10 grams on carbs and under five on fat, right? Like it's okay to do that. And it doesn't mean you're failing. It means that you're on the journey, right? And that's a big thing that it allows you to take that pressure off and be like, okay, I'm still in the game here versus you look on Instagram or Facebook and it looks like, you know, everyone and, and their brother is working out for five hours a day and eating fresh kale. Right. And it, it just, cause that's what we see. We, we put up our highlight reels and when the reality is it's, it's much more nuanced than that. And I think a lot of the movers and shakers of the world don't have three hours a day to devote to just themselves. So we need to do the best with what the, the time that we have and do it in a way that's sustainable so that we can see these results and they can stick with us in the long run. And we can still have good habits on the days that we're not able to devote a ton of time to um, fitness or nutrition. Right. And it, it, the other, the other big thing for me, and this goes both with working out and with the nutrition is that, I mean, it is easy to get into that competitive nature and go, 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 go. But at the end of the day, I just always have to remind myself I'm in this really more to be healthy for myself. And so, you know, with the nutrition challenge and like some of those fad diets are like, you know, like, oh, I didn't have enough fat. So I'm going to do like a fat bomb or whatever. It's like, I don't want to lose weight at the risk of having type two diabetes or needing to get my carotid artery, like cleared out down the road either. It's like, I, I just, I always want something that's long-term that's sustainable, but at the end of the day, also something that is 
good for my body. Would I love mm-hmm. to be leaner than I am? For sure. But not if it means that I'm yeah. not doing it the right way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point, Reem, is that some of the programs that we see out there, and like you said, we don't want to go on and and slam anybody. There are a lot of great things, but there are dangerous ones out there. And you know, literally it's under the guise of health and wellness, it's making people very unhealthy. It's screwing up their immune systems, their their hormones, their central nervous system. It does some serious long-term damage. And that's, I think, what to a certain extent, we're waging war against in the the greater scheme of things. Yeah. And Um, that's what I liked most about it is it was balanced. And I mean, if you're a person like me, I mean, I grew up with a Tunisian dad and an American mom, we had diverse foods all the time. And mm -hmm. I, we always had variety. And so any like cookie cutter thing, but this just being balanced and being able to pick, you know, like choose and, and have a variety was key for me. I am not a person who can eat the same thing for lunch every day, just to make sure that I'm hitting something. And, and so just having like, okay, your, your percentages, and this is what you need to hit, how you get there is up to you. And so you get more food if you choose the healthy options than the yeah. crummy ones. Yeah. But <laughs> and a, a pound of broccoli doesn't have too many carbs in it. Yeah, exactly. I know for some people, a lot of those other programs or whatever are like good like jump starts. It's it's just mm-hmm. it's not for me. And so I'm and not I wouldn't say that anything, you know so. our our nutrition program is for everybody either. You know, and and that's really what when people are coming in, we we try to identify what their particular goals are, what they're looking for, what they want to get out of it, what they've tried, because it told people that we think they'd be better served at other gyms or, or other places. And we're happy to do that. We don't want to trick anyone into coming where we are, but it really is about trying to provide a, a service to someone who, who wants value from what we have to offer. Right. And one of the things that really hit me when I started getting into nutrition is that weighing and measuring really isn't that hard. And for a long time, I was deathly afraid of it. And so that was my excuse not to do anything with nutrition. Is this your first time weighing and measuring or you've done some of that before, right? Yeah, I've done some of it before. Um, I would say I was more committed this time to doing it. I mean, I, I told you before in one of my reflection forms that I would weigh or measure and I would document it in my fitness pal, but then if it was like, I fell off, it was like, well, I'm not putting that down then yeah, to, yeah. to start over yeah. tomorrow. And so I yeah. never wrote it down. And yeah. so even though that was very uncomfortable for me, even with a trip, I wrote everything down and that's, yeah. that's a huge win, through, but also motivating at the same time. And those are the things that I think are really important to notice because like, and it's really important to say that, like just the act of saying like, Hey, you know, in the past with this, I could have been more honest about it, or I, you know, it wasn't an intentional bad lie or anything, but I I could have said that I had that extra Oreo at the end of the night or whatever. And that like, those are things that I've had to really call myself on out on recently too. And it's uncomfortable, but it's so important to do that. And look at that as a win be like, Hey, this wasn't a perfect day or a perfect few days while you were traveling, but I documented everything that I ate and to the best of my ability. And that's a huge win. Because then you can see and it gives you feedback on what you're doing and it builds the habit. It's not about just getting the perfect day. It's about building the habit of weighing and measuring and tracking. Then if you can do that on a regular basis, you can start to really control those numbers on your own. And then you lose the mentality of if I didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for talking, Reem. It's a pleasure to have you on and uh, we'll connect with you later. Yeah, thank you, Nick.